Hey, Rugby League fans, Martin Lenahan here from Rugby League Week. Welcome to the inaugural podcast, League Week. I've got Rocco Luca with me, digital editor of League Week. Shane Bugden, the editor of the magazine. Boys, another bizarre week in the game of Rugby League. We're going into the finals, for goodness sake. And here we are talking about Cowboys throwing eggs at cars, match-fixing, Jack Whiten. Rocco, does it ever end? Talk me through the Cowboys. What's doing there? No, it's surprising you wake up this morning to hear news like that. Um... Guys identified Jason Tomalolo, an international player, an absolute beast of the game this year, uh, was spotted throwing eggs, eggs at cars, up to five cars, and he was joined by young superstar Kalen Ponga, who's an absolute superstar of the future. What Why? are these blokes, 12? I mean, fair I mean, income, this is just, match fixing's one thing, but honestly, throwing eggs at cars, we've probably all done it, but <laughs> about 30 years ago, Bouge, I reckon. Yeah, yeah, probably about that, but I mean, to take a bit of the edge off it, they are eggs and not bricks. I mean, it gets to the point where I know that they deserve to be, to be you know, held up for this in the media, because it is just that childish and stupid, but... At the same time, I could think of far worse things to be throwing at cars than a bit of uh, something that came out of a chook. (laughs) Stupid might be the right word, boys. Anyway, for goodness sake, let's move on to the finals. A lot more exciting, a lot more interesting. We've waited 26 weeks to get to this. Broncos, Titans. We've got the Panthers and the Dogs on Sunday. You've got the Raiders. will be sensational down there in Canberra. The Viking clap. Massive crowd down there to play the Sharks. Storm, Cowboys. Now, Shane, talking about Penrith, Bryce Cartwright sensational uh, medical miracle in Rugby League Week this week from the great Steve Mascord. What a story on the young superstar from Penrith. Yeah, that's right. Um, he's, he has made medical history. Uh, he's had something that was uh, done to him in his recovery from the ankle injury that he had in uh, 2014. A few people probably remember how bad it was, very similar yeah, to um, Yao 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 uh, in terms of he was told he might not ever run again. And um, we've discovered that uh, the procedure that was performed on him by a Sydney uh, surgeon called um, Martin uh, Sullivan, never been done anywhere in the world before, took some damaged uh, cartilage out of his uh, ankle and managed to um, use that to basically bond his whole ankle back together. And it's it's that bigger thing in the medical community that this is going to come out in a a medical journal, first time it's ever been published anywhere in the world, and that'll happen actually during the final series. So... Penrith fans, when they see him run out on uh, Sunday afternoon, you know, one of the linchpins of their side can sort of cast their mind back to, to that sort of effort. And if it wasn't for that, he wouldn't be out there at all. Yeah, a bit of cartilage out of Cartwright, the $6 million man. He is going to be sensational, Rocco. They are the favourites to beat the Dogs. Any chance, Desi's boys have been going backwards, I reckon. They've lost their way a little bit. Penrith seem to be on the rise. Any chance of an upset? Oh, surely not. I mean, this is two sides that each end of the spectrum here. Um, Panthers are absolutely flying at the moment. Uh, they seem like they want to play for each other, whereas the Dogs just don't at the moment. Uh, look, but there is a little bit of hope for Dogs fans. Um, they cast their minds back to 2014. The Dogs entered the finals that year, not in the best of form at all. And as we know, they went on to, to play in all the, the way to the GF. So, I mean, there is a chance there. Um, they are a backs-to-the-wall kind of, kind of side. Brett Morris back at fullback. Dogs fans have been calling for that for a while with Will Hopewadi going the other way. But, um, I mean, you can't see anything but a Panthers win, surely. All right, so no upset on Sunday, Shane. What about the other three games? Any chance of an upset or we just go on the four favourites? No, I actually think if I was going to tip one where I thought that there was a best chance of the underdog getting up, it would actually be the Broncos and the Titans. And I don't know, I'm not really basing that on anything statistical or anything like that. I've just got a feeling that the Titans are very good at staying in games. I know they got rolled by the Cowboys last week, but even when they were getting, you know, 
well had up in that game. They showed the ability to punch back. And I just think that the Cowboys are a, a far superior side to the Broncos, the way they're playing at the moment. And that B, the Broncos have just been up and down. They had a great game against Melbourne. I thought a very, very poor game against East, even though they got up over the Chooks. And I just think if, if, uh, if the Titans can turn it into an arm wrestle, and I think they're very capable of doing that, and it's, you know, finals footy. If you can just stay in it right up until the death, then anything can happen. And the biggest thing that's counting against them, I would think, is the fact that it's being played in Suncorp and that that crowd will just be going burko. If the Broncos get bundled out, I mean, what does that mean for their season? They entered this year the shortest price favourites in the modern era. I mean, yep. where does that leave them? Yeah, oh, no. Everyone thought yeah. they were going to make up for last year and now they've, you know, they've got there in fifth, which puts them elimination. Jared Hayne, surely boys the key. Big money on him been on a big stage he wanted to tell everybody when he kicked the field goal at Campbelltown this is my house boys I'm the star he's got to stand up big time doesn't he yeah I think he does I mean it's it's about time and you know he's, he's going to keep on struggling with his condition and there are certain things you can do to take advantage of that what we had in the in the magazine this week you know you just try to make him run as much as you can and run the ball at him as much as you can I thought he was very poor against um against the Cowboys last week and I don't see that happening to him two weeks in a row Speaking of fullbacks, boys, what about this yarn uh, uncovered by the great mole in rugby league week? The man who sees all, knows all. Brett Stewart, absolute club legend, try scoring freak. What is happening to him at Manly? It sounds like he's on the outer, copping a fair bit of grief from blokes uh, he considered to be lifelong friends. Yeah, he hasn't had the best season, struggled with injury and a bit of form. And the emergence of Tom Trebojevic um, has just it's been whirlwind at Manly. So there's calls here that um, he'll be looking to retire. Um, there was also rumours that he'll be joining his brother Glenn up in the south of France, Catalan, but um, odds on that he's going to retire and it'll be a sad way to end for, for the Baron of Brookvale. It would. I mean, you see the reception that Jamie Lyon got even though he wasn't playing in that, in that last game they had at Brookvale this year. And for someone, you know, who's done as much for the club as, uh, as Snake has to sort of go out with a whimper like that, if that's the way it pans out... I think that the standout thing from, from that story for me is it's one thing for you know people in charge of a club to be forcing a bloke out because there's a, another bloke behind him, or it's a money issue or whatever. But you know the, you know the lifelong friends and the you know the insinuation that they're members of the playing group who've come through with him or are now like you know turning their backs on him, you know not something that you always associate with Manly especially. And if you're a fan of any club, you never want to hear about that going on within the you know your seven room ever. Yeah, speaking of Manly as well, another bloke who used to play down there, Kieran Four, and what a, what a horror year he's had, of course. Now, stories about a number of clubs trying to lure him for next year out once he's out of Parramatta there. Des Hasler coached him before, would love to have him back at the Bulldogs, but we're hearing there's a pretty major roadblock to that happening in the in the uh, form of one George Mimas, Rocco. Yeah, it's interesting because um, Des is also managed by Mimas, and not only that, they're actually really close mates, and... Um, suggested that Des has come out and said if Mimus isn't involved in any deal then he wants no part of foreign at the dogs so I mean I don't know how dogs fans feel about that considering the year that Mbai and uh, Reynolds have had which I think has been a shocking, bit of a disaster mate, shocking. Mate, you'll so. see them go to water on Sunday don't worry about that against Penrith look the fact is Kieran foreign if you want him he should come above George Mimus I mean these blokes player managers whatever you think of and whatever Desi thinks of Mimus if you want Kieran foreign at your club you got to make it happen, for goodness sake, surely. Yeah, there'd have to be someone in the in the uh, building who has the ability to overrule Des on that, you would expect. Come on, Raylene, you can overrule Des. <laughs> well, They're not all scared of him, are they? That's exactly right. I mean, because, you know, Foran's decided to go with his with his godfather as his, as his manager now, 
I mean, why should it matter who's managing him if you want the bloke and you're a good fit for him and you've got the cash, then just go for it. Yeah, look, here and Foran's going to be in massive demand. We've heard about the Warriors. We know a number of clubs could certainly use him. Got to have to get his head right, though, Rocco. Yeah, I mean, the poor bloke's had a tough year. Yeah, I mean, would you guys touch him? I mean, after what's going on at Parramatta this year, um, who knows what headspace is in at the moment. And he hasn't really played... He, come next year, he wouldn't have played for 12 months, pretty much. So, I mean, like, would, he's a special player. He's a premiership winning player, but... Would you guys touch Yeah, him? the other elephant in the room, of course, around Parramatta is going to be the match-fixing. Now, we talked about dramas in rugby league. Now, throwing eggs is one thing. Match-fixing and the police setting up a task force to go after people around uh, a couple of games a lot bigger than throwing some eggs. So that's another thing that uh, the Parramatta... I mean, just an absolute prick of a year for Parramatta, and that's going to hang over them as well. Yeah, I mean, although, you know, they're involved in one of those... Two of those games, I think, off the top of my head. Manly, however, were involved in all three. Mm. So... You know, power aren't the only club being dudded out of it. And when you look at what's going on, it is, you know, the police have set it up, but the crime commission's involved. And that's that's a whole new level because if you if you decide that you don't want to talk to them, you, you get pounded. If you decide that you do talk to them and you don't tell them everything that you know, they have, like, incredible amount of power to, to smash people who, who aren't prepared to stand up and say things. So this, you know, in terms of seriousness, mm. to me, is, is another step ahead of, you know, just having a... A squad of detectives out for you. This is yeah, absolutely major. This is the sort of way that they deal with you know terrorist events and stuff like that. That's Great to see Todd uh, Todd Greenberg came out and confirmed that anyone uh, found guilty of match fixing would get life. Thanks, Todd. I would have thought that was fairly obvious. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Didn't I mean, really need him to come out and tell us he's got to be a bit stronger on issues like that. Read a great line from uh, Eddie Hasten. He spent a fair bit of time in the news lately. He said that he couldn't even find six manly blokes who cheat on their girlfriends, let alone uh, fix a match. So. He's obviously <laughs> trying to wash his hands of that. He's got, uh, he's convinced that he, uh, look, he's not involved in it. It's a pretty ugly stain on the game now if we find out. For me, honestly, boys, I don't think you'll ever be able to prove it. I don't know how many guys. Interesting, Preston Campbell as well comes out and says he got offered five or six times. How about he went to the game and told someone at the time? Yeah. What's the use of throwing it up mm. there now? Yeah, it's Well, just... that's exactly right. And, you know, we, we had stuff we used an excerpt from a... a book of uh, Benny Elias's what he wrote soon after he retired after he retired he said the same thing and of course Peter Tunks sort of blew a yeah, lot of people out of the water with, yeah. uh, with some allegations he made about what went on in the late 80s and you're exactly right like it all comes out far too late after the fact for anything to be done and people like Eddie Hasten saying you know I couldn't find six blokes to do this you don't need to find six blokes you're not talking about fixing the result of the game you need to find one or two and you can you can fix bets you can fix yeah. lines you can yeah. fix you know Little little things that the that these betting agencies come up with. Well, there's so many different ways you can bet, like the uh, the famous Ryan Tandy first play will be a a penalty goal. So I think you know that's the thing. It's not a whole bunch of guys to fix a game. It's one little aspect of the. Well, what what should the punishment be? So obviously, if you're setting up a task force, there must be some sort of evidence that they're looking into, and there must be some sort of concrete thing that they think they could pursue. But if things do come to light, but. Obviously a life ban, but hmm. jail sentence, are we talking here? Do you think that's a sufficient Oh, absolutely. I think, so I think a big chance. Yeah, you definitely are talking about that. I think off the top of my head that, you know, sentences for that sort of thing uh, have actually been increased in the last few years. And that, yeah, for anyone, who, anyone who's proven to be involved, that is looking like Cause they're, they're going to go inside. Yeah. yeah, and fraud on a massive scale and undermines not just, you know, confidence in, you know, the betting industry, but, you know, far, far worse. Not everyone who follows footy punts on it and it undermines, you know, faith in the sport. So I think if you're involved in it, you definitely deserve to go into the clink. All right, enough negativity, boys. Get me back on the finals. That is a very important story, but let's talk about... I want to talk about Melbourne. 
and the Cowboys talking to these two are the benchmark surely this is a convention of the future immortals down there at Amy Stadium all these blokes on the same field Cowboys they got surely a big chance of springing upset even though Melbourne have beaten them twice this year yeah look to be honest I don't think the Cowboys are travelling as good as everyone thinks at the moment um, they went through their patch of losing a couple straight there um, and they've sort of got back to winning ways uh, with wins over the Dogs and, and with wins over the Titans last week. But I don't think they're travelling that well. Um, and I think the, the Storm really made a statement last week against the Sharks. Um, they were clinical, they were great in defence, and, and I think the Storm going to take care of business here and uh, they'll, they'll get within one game of the grand final. I, I agree. I think, I think the Storm will get them. I think it'll be very close. I don't quite agree so much about the state that the Cowboys are in. I just think that... It goes very deep in that Melbourne team, the way they got bundled out last year, and they basically got smashed through the middle, and it's not something you associate with a Bellamy side, and I think they're desperate to prove that they've righted that. They're about one of the few packs in the comp that actually got bigger over what they were last year in terms of their weight, and also, you know, just finding guys, amazing blokes who are, who are playing, you know, huge minutes at, at a big weight, and I think that they've sort of been focusing on this probably since they walked off the field last year and I think you're going to see them come out and just get them on commitment and get them on um, on drive and you know that revenge aspect when they're when they're out there on Saturday night. Yeah we've got Cronk and Smith and Thurston and Morgan an absolute array of Queensland legends speaking about Queensland legends Shane the great Brent Tate legend uh, stories in rugby league week some of the best reads in the whole mag mate these uh Former players reflecting on fantastic careers. What about Brent Tate? The, the things that he did to his body, just unbelievable. And as he says this week, you know, the game gave him a lot, but it certainly uh, robbed him of a lot as well. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I mean, you, you think of guys who, who've come back through injury repeatedly and probably should have retired, which is another thing that he, you know, he sort of alludes to in the interview that maybe he should have given away a bit sooner than he did. And I think listen to his mum on, on that count. But he says, you know, basically that he shudders to think about what, he, what his body's going to be like later on. And I think, you know, that's related, of course, to all the knee problems he had, but more so, you know, the, the fact that he, he did what he did to his neck and his shoulder. And we all know the famous sort of protective, uh, protective gear that he had to wear. Um, and it's the sort of thing that, you know, he's definitely not Robinson Crusoe in that regard. And it's a brutally honest chat that he gives in which he also touches on the, um, the really famous footage of him when he broke down in tears after a uh, yeah, test against the Kiwis, mate. 2010. Yeah, that was, uh, the old dressing room footage, which we know a lot of clubs don't like, and they put things over the camera. He was there with uh, Brian Hyder, I think was the Australian trainer, and, yeah. and Brent Tate was just distraught. But as yeah. he actually says in the uh, in the magazine, he was quite happy for people to see that because it showed a real inside insight into what he was going through and uh, yeah. you know how much it means to these guys and what they put themselves through. Yeah, exactly. We actually saw it again this year. I think it was um, when uh, the Dogs played Canberra at Belmore and David Clemmer was comforting was it Lloyd Chase, Parrott, Chase, Chase Stanley, Stanley. Yeah, Chase Stanley, Stanley. who's had an, another you know bout with horror injuries. Yeah. And it is it is you know a, a nice revealing look that really brings home. You know, it's not sanitised, and I think people love that aspect of it, but it really does bring home, you know, what it means to these guys and not just the physical pain they go through when they're hurt, but just, A, not being able to get out and play and support your, your teammates, but, B, you know, what it, what it means for your, for your career and your future. Yeah, it's a great read, and Brett Tate was just the ultimate professional both on and off the field. He really led the way. How some of these young blokes should should play and be a professional in the modern day. Absolutely. Now, I've got another great Queenslander for you, boys, the great Fatty Vorton. Uh, in, again, in League Week this week, f final special in the magazine. Fatty looking back over some great campaigns. Here we go again. Manly and Para, the famous uh, out of course, didn't they have some clashes in the in the 80s? And he mentions, here's, here's one for people to talk about, Ray Price. The uh, I think he called him the toughest 
man he ever came up against. Yep. Ray Price, not a huge human being, Mr. Perpetual Motion, of course. But what about that from uh, from Fatty as a rap for Ray Price? And who do we think is the uh, the modern equivalent of, uh, of Ray Price? Do they make him like that anymore? No, I don't, I don't think they do. No. <laughs> no, I don't see many guys running around at 80 kilos, bringing down prop forwards and running into people the way that, that, that Ray did back in the day. I'm not saying the blokes don't put in, but... Yeah, he, he was a bit of an all-time freak, Ray. But I think if you're gonna if you're gonna go into someone who's, who demonstrates, you know, a lot of heart and you know someone who can get run over a lot, keep on getting back up. Probably not a fashionable bit, a fashionable pick, but for mine, I'd say Peter Wallace, pound for pound, is one of the toughest blokes in the comp. Yeah, I would have said Jimmy Maloney. Um, the last few weeks, he's been pounded from pillar to post, and he just plays the game so tough and gets up, and he's a playmaker, and he'll. He'll get up and he'll leave side around and he'll he'll aim up in defence and I just think he's just uh, the modern day sort of warhorse. Yeah, for me, boys, these playmakers they just cop so much shit off off forwards. I mean, these are late hits, they're cheap shots. It seems to be all the norm now and it's allowed to go on. As you said, bloody uh, James Maloney cops an absolute pizzling Mitchell Pierce. You can name them all. They get hammered, they get knocked down late, uh, and it just seems to go on and on. You've got to be as tough as anything to take on the line, play at the line get those passes away and they just keep coming back for more. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And the size difference when you see these guys up close, you know, when you've got someone like a Tao Malolo running through someone like Maloney, it is it is just amazing that these guys are able to get back up and, you know, not just explode <laughs> every time they get hit. It's just an underrated aspect of the game, um, these playmakers. I mean, yeah, like you said, measuring up against a guy like Tom Malolo and then the next set, they're expected to get the ball, lead their team downfield, put in a kick into the end goal. Like, it's just... Not enough said about these guys. They're amazing. Yeah, and I think this is the thing. The forwards are going to run at them all night. They try and tire them out. If you make a guy make 20 tackles like Jonathan first, and then he's expected to get up in attack in every set, he's got to handle it three or four times. And, I mean, he's crowning moment, of course, that the grand final for the Cowboys in the 80th minute to still be able to run around, beat three blokes, one of whom had ironed him out a couple of minutes earlier with a great tackle and still set up that try. And Morgan as well to have the, the presence that he had just shows that these guys can tackle all night, hang tough in the game all night, and still win you a game, which is what they're paid for. Well, yeah, and, and speaking of finals, we touched on the grand final last year. What do we think? Do we think this year we're going to see something? I mean, it's going to be hard to top, but anything similar hitting those kind of heights this year? Oh, look, I think, boys, really, I mean, if the Cowboys are there again, they're a side capable of producing something like that every time they play. I mean, Melbourne Storm, a bit more clinical, I think, if they're in the grand final. I think if you're going to get a bit of magic in the grand final, you want a team like Canberra in there. I mean, goodness, but the, the tries that they've produced, Rapana, Leilua, the pass from Leilua last week, pass of the century, that yeah. thing around the body. So if you want a bit of grand final magic, a bit of off the cuff, it's every chance to come from a team like that. And probably Penrith as well, who, yep. again, got those wingers scoring amazing tries. Nathan Cleary, what a season that young bloke's had. So for me, they're the couple of teams that you might get a bit of magic bit more clinical if it's Melbourne in there, I reckon. Yeah, yeah, yeah I completely agree. I think when you look at the sides that were in the eight and competing in the finals last year versus this year, I think what, what Cronulla and the Raiders bring to the table wasn't really there last year. That 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 incredible attack that can basically get through just about any defence and is, is, you know, very, very hard to anticipate, very, very hard to prepare for. I don't I think that puts a sort of different a different flavour into this final series, which you've been missing for a little while and I think I think it's gonna be awesome. Yeah, sensational final series, boys. No doubt. Kicks off this weekend. We've got four great games to look forward to. That's it for this week, boys. The first uh, podcast for Rugby League Week. Can't wait to get back into it next week.